Welcome to the Flourish Heights podcast, made for women by women. I'm your host, Valerie Adjamine, women's health dietitian and the founder of Flourish Heights. To be empowered in health starts with a true connection with your body. Together, we are breaking through topics surrounding periods, women's nutrition, body awareness, self-care, and much more. Let's flourish and be the best version of ourselves. Ladies, ladies, so today we are talking about the booze. And of course, this episode is inspired by the dry January theme that is happening right now as we speak. And maybe you are either going cold turkey on the alcohol or you're reducing the amount that you're drinking. So a few days ago, we asked our Instagram followers, are you participating in dry January or damp January? And 71% said dry, 29% said damp. And for those who are quite who are not quite familiar with what is going on, dry January is a popular trend that encourages people to completely give up alcohol for 31 days. Okay? Some people it's like super bizarre, it's a drastic change into others, no big deal. But lately people have been doing damp January, which is basically a watered down version where folks are encouraged to drink less than they normally would instead of quitting completely. And some say this is more of like a relaxed approach, which leads to better adherence and could even help you improve your drinking habits in the long term. Whereas going cold turkey, just like completely cutting it out for those 31 days um, allows you to be, you know, too strict with yourself, with your routine, and then it can set you up for failure in some cases resulting in drinking even more than what you would actually do. I actually love the idea of damn January, not just for the month, but in general, because I feel like moderation is key to everything. Same goes with alcohol. And if you are a drinker, you should already be really mindful about how much you're drinking. And speaking of how much, you probably already know that the dietary guidelines for Americans, maybe you don't, I don't know, defines moderate alcohol consumption as up to one drink per day for females. So are you following it? But don't assume that one glass or one can equals one standard drink. And for a breakdown, I really do suggest everyone goes to standarddrinks.org to learn more about like what to look for, say, in a glass of wine. Well, the correct amount to have in a glass. And some restaurants are amazing at this. Most restaurants actually like you'll order a glass of wine and then it comes and it's like, wait, why is it only like a third full? What is going on? You guys did not pour enough. And it's really them following the right recommendations. Yes, girl. You know, one bottle of wine, people, is five standard drinks. Okay, that that is madness. Yeah, five glasses, guys. And that's using a standard pour of five ounces. So if you're pouring it all the way to the rim of the glass, you know, most of the time you're like getting in at least like half the bottle or even more depending on like how big your wine glass is. So anyways, just be mindful of that. So what happens when women drink alcohol? As women consume alcohol, it undergoes multiple stages in the body. Initially, the stomach and the small intestine absorb the alcohol, sending it straight to the bloodstream, and it affects the the central nervous system. So that's influencing your mood, your thinking, your coordination. And continuing on with this journey, alcohol is then going to impact other organs like your liver. 
So if you're someone who maybe like went on a trip and like went ham on the alcohol, maybe you got your labs done shortly after and you saw that your liver enzymes were up the roof. That's probably why, because your alcohol, the alcohol that you drank most likely impacted your liver. Not only that, it can impact your heart, it can impact your pancreas, and women in particular have an increased risk of alcohol-related health issues, including liver disease, but not only that, certain cancers, including like breast cancer. And it's vital for women to be mindful of how alcohol can affect their overall health and well-being, enabling you to make these really great informed choices when it comes to how much you're drinking. Also, women generally have a higher percentage of body fat than men, and alcohol is less diluted in your body. So this leads to a quicker, more intense impact of alcohol, making women more susceptible to the many like boozy side effects. Women typically have a slower metabolism than men, affecting the speed at which the body actually processes the alcohol. And this slower metabolism can result in a prolonged impact and then increase your risk for alcohol-related issues. So today I am here to break down three ways alcohol can affect women. Now, these are just three of the many ways, but I wanted to just focus on um, some areas that I thought you guys would be interested in. Number one, it can throw off the menstrual cycle. This is not for everybody, but it's for some women. And the higher your alcohol intake, the greater chances of encountering irregularities in your menstrual cycle. And even moderate alcohol consumption has been associated with elevated estrogen and reduced progesterone levels in menstruating women. And not only that, alcohol can worsen menstrual cycle symptoms in various ways by causing dehydration, depleting magnesium levels, even distracting the liver from processing excess hormones, impacting the gut microbiome contributing to insulin resistance during the second half of your menstrual cycle. And this can all result in cramping, more cramping, um, heightened PMS symptoms, exacerbated period discomfort, and potential issues with how your hormones are processing in the body. The impact of alcohol on menstrual cycles really varies from person to person, depending on a bunch of factors like genetics, um, sugar intake, hormones, liver efficiency, and, and so much more. But Some may notice these changes even with minimal alcohol, while others may not even see a difference. Number two, it can interrupt your beauty sleep. Let me explain. Drinking alcohol right before bed, yes, it may make you fall asleep quicker, but it actually hurts the quality of your sleep. And so while it speeds up the onset of sleep, it reduces essential deep sleep, leaving you feeling tired and restless the next day. You might have noticed this before. This happens very often. Um, So pay attention next time you drink right before bed. Alcohol also increases the likelihood of waking up during the night to use the bathroom, further disrupting your sleep and causing fatigue. And if you're out late with your girls or whomever really and decide to have a drink, it's totally fine. Just keep in mind that it may affect your sleep, leaving you more tired. If you really value your sleep as I do or you struggle with it, just avoid it or limit the amount that you drink close to your bedtime. Even a small amount of alcohol can affect your sleep quality. According to the Sleep Foundation, an observational study showed that even a small amount of alcohol can affect your sleep quality. According to the Sleep Foundation, an observational study showed that even low to moderate alcohol intake resulted in a nearly 10 to 24% decrease in sleep quality, which is kind of bizarre to me. So that's like a a really, really big 
than significant impact, right? Drinking more alcohol really just increases the need for your body to metabolize it. So it's always best to stay within the limits. Number three, it can wreak havoc on your gut. What are the prolonged effects of alcohol consumption? It can absolutely irritate the lining of your digestive organs, even the esophagus and the stomach leading to issues like acid reflux and gastritis. Additionally, alcohol interferes with nutrient absorption, making it really hard for these key nutrients to absorb in the body, including, you know, vitamins like B vitamins and zinc. And that's because alcohol changes the integrity of the stomach and intestinal lining. Even moderate or occasional drinking can actually harm the gut microbiome by killing off those really friendly good bacteria, just impacting your overall gut health. Now, again, we have it worse than men do because of how our bodies were designed. So cutting back on alcohol is always a great idea to support your overall health and well-being. Keep in mind that these are just three of the many ways alcohol affects your body. It's all about moderation, guys. If you're looking for some non-alcoholic fun beverages to add to your routine, I have five ideas for you. The first one, water infusions. Just jazz up your hydration with infused water. Add fruits, herbs, cucumber for that like refreshing twist. Number two, herbal teas. I love, love having them, especially like in the colder months. So try one that you love. Number three, sparkling water. There's so many different brands out there. I can't even keep track. Um, And then some people have like what the carbonated like machine. I don't know how y'all do it. I'm going to have to add that to my routine and see if I like it. But opt for that sparkling water, add a splash of lemon, add lime for that like fizzy and like satisfying alternative that you might be looking for. Number four, green tea. It's packed with antioxidants. You can even add things like ginger to like enhance the flavor. It's such a great combination. Add a little bit of honey and boom. Number five, mocktails. Get creative with alcohol-free mocktails, combining different fruit juices. You can add, you know, garnishes for like that fun, festive kind of vibe that you might be looking for. I personally am a mocktail girly. I just don't do well with booze. And plus, it's one of my migraine triggers. And oh, by the way, if you can't drink wine because of your migraines, please get the wine wand. It does wonders. You can find it on Amazon. And it's like this cute little like filter wand that you leave in your glass of wine for a few minutes and it takes out like the tannins and the sulfites and the histamines. Um, and then it keeps the taste without like all the horrible side effects. But yes, try it out. Let me know how you like it. Um, if you're gonna get it and, but yeah, like mocktails are in, like get creative. Lately, I have been making mocktails. I mean, I usually get it like if I'm out with friends or whatever, but you know, I've been loving this like seltzer water with ice cubes, infuse it with berries and citrus, 100% pineapple juice, a hint of mint, gotta have the mint and the rosemary. Okay. The key is in the rosemary. It just adds like this amazing, refreshing, tasty flavor. It's incredible. But yeah, I would love to know your go-to mocktails. Please share it with us here. Reach out to us with the deets from the show notes. I would love to love to love to hear from you. No gatekeeping, you guys. No gatekeeping. (laughs) Okay, ladies, this was a fun one. If you enjoyed listening, please do me a big favor and leave a kind rating and review. I cannot wait for you to join me in the next episode for a chat. Stay fabulous and I'll talk to you soon. But until then, keep flourishing. (music) 